Welcome to Sea Time, everybody, the off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Welcome to Sea Time, everybody. So Brian Pierce here, episode 104. Um, if things seem a little off tonight, it's because of the fact that we have such a fantastic, uh, I don't want to say new producer in the house, but I will say different producer in the house because of the fact that my wife is actually uh, the one behind the camera tonight. So she's the one pushing the buttons. She's the one making sure that awesome, the, all the awesome comes across to you guys um, I guess as, as as perfect as we can here at seat time. Steven had some family obligations, and so I was like, oh, then I'm going to ask my family to come fill in for me. And I figured Tam was the best guest because Liam just doesn't have his digits down well enough, I think, to do it. And Kaylin, she's just a little too flighty for me to trust at seven years old to come in here and run this show. I mean, we are professionals. We do this thing every Tuesday night. So for those of you who have absolutely no idea what you've tuned into right now, this is Seat Time, the online show for the off-road enthusiasts. We're some beer-drinking, bench-racing fools that love to talk about all the stuff that's going off in the going on in the off-road world, um, Skyping in different racers like some of our guests that we have this evening and having all kinds of fun and enjoying a lot of shenanigans that go on in the industry. So where can you find out more about Seat Time? Of course, our website, seattime.co. We're on the Facebook, the Twitter, all the social places you can find us. You just go ahead and search for Seat Time. Um, Seat Time is brought to you by Fly Racing. Hopefully you've noticed that fantastic intro. Uh, Fly Racing, you can find out more about them, flyracing.com. And then, of course, Ride PG, better known as Power Sport Graphics. You can find out more about them at ridepg.com. And we do have a discount code if you're in the mood to save some money. Discount code is Seat Time, spelled out as you see on the screen. And of course, for tonight, we get to welcome Stillwell Performance. Uh, they are coming on as a sponsor um, for a couple. We're going to go back and forth between them and Fast Company. So awesome to have them on as a supporter of the show. We've been talking with Alan a lot lately, Cody Webb, uh, Max Gersten, a lot of his riders uh, or Alan's riders there at Stillwell. Um, so super excited to have them on as a sponsor. So please go check them out. We're going to talk the, about them a little bit more later during the show. So now that a lot of the house cleaning is out of the way, except for the fact that people need to go to seattime.bigcartel.com and order um, our new quote shirt. That is what needs to happen. I'm placing the order tomorrow, and uh, you guys need to get your order in so you can get a, a, you know one of the first batch. So make that shit happen. If you want to join us in the chat room, tlk.io slash seattime. Now that is all of the house cleaning that we have to worry about. So our first guest, who my wife very successfully Skyped in on her first attempt, extremely proud of her, is Mr. Jason Thomas. How is your evening going, kind sir? I am yeah, pretty good. Pretty, uh, pretty laid back. Just got done doing some bike work and uh, watching TV now. Hey, what kind of light socket did you accidentally stick your finger in to get that shade of pink? Uh, it was actually the one in the uh, in the living room. Yeah, the, the the main socket where the TV's plugged in. I was yeah, yeah. You're like I was. I'm just lucky that you didn't call or uh, use a flashlight. Maybe something like that that was accidentally plugged in. Uh, I, I, luckily enough, I guess your wife is still doing her duties, and you don't have to go that route just yet, right? Right. 
<laughs> Dig it. I'm a very appreciative of that, and I'm sure you are as well. Um, so, dude, what has been going on? Uh, you know, obviously, we're going to get into Powerline Park and all that, all the racing that's been going there. But uh, what other kind of things have you been up to in life? Uh, six days. We went to six days. That was a pretty uh, uh, eventful, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, when I did that, and then uh, other than that, just been... Uh, just did an A-Works race this last weekend and the GP race on Saturday. So just, just trying to keep in the game and uh, finish out the season strong. Yeah, for sure. Did you feel good at those races? How did how did you think that you performed? Yeah, uh, pretty good. Just just switched back to the 252 stroke. So um, Saturday was, was the first ride on that and about looped it out off the start. And, uh, <laughs> a little bit more power on that 250, huh? Yeah, just a little bit. So uh, yeah, got, got a grip of her and then... Uh, Won a race there and then went on to the A-Works on the Sunday and and, uh, and won that as well. So, uh, yeah, just getting a feel for it and, and feeling good on it and ready to go. Nice. And so uh, are you going to be back on the 125 this coming weekend or are you going what uh, bike will you be uh, back on for the XC2 class? No, I'm going to ride a, a 252 stroke for, for this uh, for this last round. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the 125 needs a rebuild. So, uh, yeah get that fixed there pretty soon right so um have, have you been it seems like you've been switching by i wouldn't say switching bikes a lot but obviously you switch kind of back and forth between bikes more than a lot of other people have in the xc2 class or in the xc1 class for that matter um is there any reason behind it just having fun you know kind of fill us in on why you've been doing that uh i, I kind of got that bike because I, I wanted to uh wanted to bring some fun back into riding i was getting kind of burnt out and riding the same bike and then uh Pretty much what happened was uh, I said I was going to ride it at Unadilla and then I ended up not riding it and I think uh, you know pe- people people were doubting that, that it could be done on a 125 anymore so um, you know I just got to thinking you know, I, I know I know I can get this thing on the box and I know I can get it in the top ten so uh, I'm going to prove people wrong and it kind of brought a, a, a new a new uh, a new dimension to the, to my racing program and, and another point to prove and. And I feel I always ride better when I when I have a point to prove and kind of put me as a, a little bit of an underdog, I guess you could say. And and uh, you know, I had fun, uh, uh, had fun uh, blasting them guys in the face with the roost off the little boy. Yeah. Well, uh, does it does it make you feel funky when you're just ringing out that 125 versus uh, what you would be able to do on that 250? Yeah, it's it's pretty cool, you know. Obviously, uh, St. Clairsville, I struggled on it with with the fast sections there. But the uh, the race before that, um, I was definitely faster on on the one two five. I'm I'm definitely faster on it in a lot of places. My practice track, uh, in a forty five minute moto, I, I do two extra laps compared to any other bike. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a lot faster on it in in the trees. But obviously, the GNCCs are, are so fast sometimes that uh, just uh, just a little bit of uh, you know the straightaways you just get a little bit behind and you, you can't make it back up enough in the trees so uh yeah it's, it's been fun you know it, it's uh it definitely uh the the first time out on it the uh at the gusher or whatever that's the most fun i've had on a dirt bike for for a long time so um yeah and that that's what i needed just a, a new uh something new in in uh in my career yeah, uh, it, uh, we were talking about the 125, and we actually had uh, George in the chat room was asking if you if you rode 125s a lot while you were growing up. Is there a little bit of nostalgia in there for you, maybe? Yeah, that's the only thing I rode. The 254 strokes were just uh, just coming in as I was leaving um, Pro Motocross, so I think I rode one once 
and then um, I finished out my my amateur career motocross on a on a one two five, and then I switched to four uh, fifties. So, um, but yes, spent all all of my youth career on a one twenty five, pretty much. Nice. Well, good job. I'm glad to see that you're riding that 125 uh, and kicking so much butt. It is going to be interesting to see how you kind of come back out there and do on the 250. Um, historically, how have you done it, our Ironman? Have you? Do you feel like you've always had really good performances, or you're kind of come away wishing you had done better? Um, kind of. So that way, we kind of know how your where your head's at, kind of going into this weekend. No, Ironman's always been a really strong race for me. Um, I think I even won there on a Husqvarna one year. So uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been a good track for me, and, and then obviously last year, uh, me and Stu went went third and fourth overall there. So, um, yeah, it's it's track I look forward to, and uh, tons of spectators out there. So that's always always encouraging. And you know now it's the back to being the last round of the year, and you know there's still a, a chance of winning the championship. So just go out there. There's no real pressure on it. You know it's a case of of uh, Grant making mistakes and and me capitalizing on him if it happens and. And if it doesn't, well, you know, just go out there and have fun. Yeah, um, it, it's awesome to see that you guys are still kind of in the chase. He's like twenty points up, twenty-one points up. So you know, it, he's. It, it seems like he might have to have a little bit of a, a poor race, and you have to have a really good performance. Um, but it, with that, I mean, I know you're going to go out there and just try to do your best and just try to get first place, right? I mean, that's where you're at. Yeah, I'm just. I, I already want to go out with with a win. You know, it's going to be my last XE two ride, so. Um, yeah, just try and go out with a win, go out on a high note, and and uh, and then leave it behind me, you know. And whatever happens behind me with Grant or or whatever, then so be. You know, I've had a I've had a decent enough year, and and uh, I'm not too down on myself about it. So just finish on on a high note, and then uh, and then see see what we've got going on after that. Yeah, I know you would have loved to have been able to add 2013 um, onto your your XC2. Uh, tattoo champion uh, your championship tattoo that you have but uh if it doesn't happen like you said you know be able to put it behind you know that you did a great job and move uh move on into the xc1 class um i think uh, one of the reasons you know kind of why i reached out to you and i wanted to talk to you on the show is it seems like there has been a lot of weird talk like people thinking that you're going to be going you know that you're essentially packing up and headed back to england and all that kinds of stuff but you know that's that's not the case. I mean, I, I you know I figured you did have a house that you're married that you're kind of settled here in the states. So can is there any way to I guess quote unquote you know crush those rumors if you will? Kind of what what is your 2014 looking like? So we know what's gonna what your the future's kind of bringing for you. Uh, two, 2014. Uh, what's it looking like? Uh. Have you ever been on top of a mountain when the, when the cloud comes in and and you can't see anything? Yep. It looks like that pretty much. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Completely understand. Yeah, no, yeah the, the rumors about about me going home, um you just just to squash them. Uh home is America now. Um yeah, like I said I, I'm married and I have a house and there's nothing to go back to England for only only my family and you know, that's a big, big deal to go back for them, but I mean as far as anything else goes this is home, so there's definitely no uh, no chance of me picking up and and uh, and putting my house in the, in my backpack and going home on a plane. So no, staying in America. But as far as the as the racing thing goes, XC1, no, it doesn't doesn't look like it right now. Um, and there are a lot of reasons for that, really. Uh, but the biggest one being, um, I don't want to go into into XC1. Um, and then get halfway through the year and, and not be able to, to afford to do it anymore and kind of drop everyone 
in it halfway through and then everyone say, oh, Thomas quit halfway through or whatever it is. I, I feel like I need to go into XC1. Um, strong and, and really up my up my game to be on the same same level as them guys. And, and you know, with the support that they have and, and the stuff they have behind them, I just don't don't have that, that infrastructure around me to, to be able to do that. So I don't want to go in there half-ass, so to speak. So um, at the moment, no, I, I won't be going to XC1. Okay. Um, that, that's the reasons for it. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh, or not agree, but I completely understand in the fact that you know that what it's going to take for you to be able to step it up and really be competitive in the XC1 class is to have essentially a full program behind you and not, not something that's, you know, maybe not able to completely support, you know, the effort that you're really wanting to put in. So, um, but, but, but things like, uh, you know, I got to ride this past weekend. I got to ride a 2014 two, uh, Sherco 252 stroke. I got to ride their four stroke 300. You know, bikes like that are starting to come over um, in different talks and all that stuff with people. Are there any kind of uh, new endeavors that are out there or does it seem like, you know, that there's still really nothing new coming through for like, for guys like you, XC1 racers in the GNCC series? No, I mean, I, I haven't, I haven't been approached by anyone like that. Like that, that Shurko, I rode the Shurko back home in England and, and it's a good bike. But as far as, as far as anyone like that um, approaching me, no, I haven't been approached by anybody. And I don't think that the, uh, that the, the, the money is, is really there or if they have an interest in, in trying to do GNCCs. I know that I'm not the only the only rider that's that's uh, going to struggle to be able to do it next year. Um, you know, that there's other guys that are going to struggle as well. So, you know, maybe they just, they're just in a different place in their life, whether it's because they're younger guys, you know, like guys like DeLong or, or whatever it is. But, you know, for, for me, in my situation, I have a house and I have bills and, and unfortunately, you know, I, I can't, I can't, send the bill back and say, Hey, can't pay this week, this week. I didn't think it on the podium or whatever it may be. You know, I ha- have to pay my bills. So, uh, there really isn't any extra cash to, to go racing. And I think, like I said, everyone's going to be, there's going to be a couple of guys in the same situation. I know a lot of people have said that, Oh, Thomas is just afraid to, to go to XC one. He just wants to stay in XC two. And that isn't the case. I, I don't want to, I don't want to race XC two. I do want to go to XC one and, and I want to prove that, that I can be up there. But like I said, I just, I don't want to do it half-ass. I want to want to go all or nothing. Yeah. Well, um, then in that case, what is say say you do hang up your boots for this year for 2014? Kind of what does your 2014 look like then? If you're you're going to be out there, are you going to try to become like a, a you know work for a gear company? Do you think you're going to be in the motorcycle industry? Are you going to you know go toss newspapers? What does that kind of a situation look like for you? Well, the the only thing that's for sure right now is that I'll be doing dirt wise schools for right. Shane Watts. Um, that that is that is a for sure. And then um, other than that, I mean, th- there's local races I can make more money at d- doing than a GNCC. So um, and that's the other thing, you know, there, there really doesn't isn't any point in me going and traveling all the way to a GNCC where I can go. Get, get a ton of people that support me there and and uh, and make good money doing it you know um obviously gncc is was a goal and a dream of mine to win and i, I was able to, to win the xc2 and i still want to be able to win an xc1 championship but you know until i'm able to do it you know I, i'm not going to do it so yeah if it means sitting out 2014 and, and hitting local races and uh, and keeping you know just keep staying in the game and, and not really not quitting it altogether 
um, they maybe come back strong in, in 2015 with with some money in the bank. Yeah, um, that's that's the other option. Yeah, I think that that's a really a really good way to look at it. Um, and I think that that's smart. It's one of those situations where you really it really does seem like you step back and you go, okay, what do I need to actually be where I know I can be? And you know that it's going to take a little bit more homework, a little bit more uh, funding, and that's I think that's really smart to do. We actually uh, kind of. Well, I think kind of lead it off of what you were talking about with there being a lack of money and things like that. We had a question from the chat room. Um, it, 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 I think the biggest question is why doesn't it seem like a lot of the manufacturers back the off-road scene more? Um, it, it seems that they're, the off-road scene is bigger in a sense of all the people that ride off-road, but I don't know about the race scenes themselves being bigger, but that's... Uh, so do you have kind of an opinion on why you think that the manufacturers don't really... Uh, find more money in the off-road scene. Uh, I don't really, don't really have a a, a definite answer. I, I guess um, what I would say is, I think when the economy crashed, that these manufacturers they they pulled out, and then um, guys kept doing it, and a lot of us kept doing it because we because we love riding, obviously, um, and possibly they saw that okay, we've pulled all the support, and these guys are still doing it every weekend, and they're still riding these bikes. You know why? Why would we give it back now? Possibly that—that's what it is. Um, but like you said, the, the, the turnouts are, are great. Um, the promoters are making a killing off of it, um, and the numbers seem to be up. Like races like Unadilla, and I'm sure this weekend will be the same. Be record numbers of of guys entering the races. Um, obviously, they're buying dirt bikes, they're buying parts, they're buying all the clothing, all that stuff. But for some reason, the the money that they make off of, of selling and these things isn't filtering back down to the riders um maybe that's the riders not not asking you know like i said the riders have just accepted there's no money and they're not asking anymore possibly i don't really know right okay well yeah i think that's a really good a really good you know way to look at it and honestly there there could be something to that so it's kind of interesting um i i kind of to what you were saying i kind of think that people just keep using the economy as an excuse is my part of it. I think that personally, it seems like we're doing a lot better. We're doing a lot better as a country. We're doing a lot better as an industry. Um, and things are looking a lot better. Um, and if people were to start getting a little bit more innovative and a little bit more creative and, and really trying to find out new ways, not just to market their products, but to market their riders and a lot of the stuff that goes on, I think that they could find a way to stretch a dollar a little bit better than they have been. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's kind of, it, 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 the economy nowadays to me is not a viable excuse. Um, that's, that's people using an excuse from four or five years ago that worked. Um, and now it's just something that's kind of, that's kind of still there. So I don't know. But, um, so third at Powerline Park, sitting second in XC2, 21 points back. You've been doing some GPs in the A-Works as you're saying locally. So, I mean, you're, you're going to come in. To uh, to Ironman this coming weekend, just ready to get that put the two fifty two stroke this time on the top step of the podium, um, and have as much fun as possible, right? I mean, that's just that's just what you want to do. Yeah, I mean that that's what's come down to at this point is just just having fun, you know, um, and getting a result, trying to go out on a, on a good result. You know, a lot of companies and a lot of people, um, you know, put a lot of effort into into getting me here this year, and I really. You know, I've only won one race as a defending champion. I've had a lot of races that have lost, like, literally, you know, feet away from the finish line. And, 
you know, races where I've had DNFs. I think I've had more DNFs this year than, than ever before. And they they were stupid DNFs. You know, one was landing on someone at Unadilla and the other one was a was a fuel injector. And, and if it hadn't been for that, I'd be leading the championship. But at the same time, um, you know, Andrew DeLong broke his hand and the kids won six races. So, right. uh, you know, what what would have happened there? It's hard to tell. You know, a championship is, is 13 rounds and it's the most consistent rider over the 13 rounds and, and for a reason, you know, and that's just the way it is. Injuries are, are part of it. Mechanicals are part of it. And, you know, Grant's even had a mechanical himself and, and he's the one that's been most consistent. So, you know, he deserves to win the championship just as much as the, as the rest of us do. Um, so, yeah, but like I said, this weekend, go out and uh, and definitely try and beat Grant and, and, and go, for the, go for a win and, you know, even looking at an overall, I'd like to get a get a good overall there, especially after the back coming off the back of last year with a fourth there. I'd definitely like to, to chase them guys down and, and give a give it a good push. The goal was actually to um, to go to XC1 for this last round, but because the points are, you know, I'm still in there and DeLong's still close enough to, to catch me, just wasn't wasn't able I wasn't able to do it. So um, yeah, just go out and have a good ride, have fun. Wicked. Well, um, as as some of those uh, know who watch the show a lot or kind of check a lot of our Facebook posts and Twitter and stuff, we uh, we have kind of our ask a question bit on the page. So you can uh, there you can kind of submit questions. And one of the questions that we had submitted, um, I did notice the email address, and I'll I'll say it, Thomas, if you can't figure out who it is that are asking these questions. Um, but I kind of want to see if you know who this is. I think you will. So. Apparently, the first question is, what is the story behind the new secret diet of white bread sangas that you have been utilizing in your push for this year's championship? <laughs> it was Watsy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What was the que- what was the question? I only got the white bread sanger bit, then I know and then I knew instantly what it was. Okay, so what is the story behind the new secret diet of white bread sangas that you have been utilizing in your push for this year's championship? Yeah, white white bread sangas is, is what we eat the schools. Um and white bread sanger is basically just a piece of bread that you fold in half uh, and you just munch it down like it's got all kinds of goodness inside it and it and it really doesn't have nothing inside it. It's just white bread. So, but, so yeah, that, that's the that's our race. Our race. The school diet is what it is. Yep, I've been to his schools, and that's about all the time you get too. It's just about four minutes. He says it's five, but in reality, it's just about four minutes to like throw whatever you can find in your mouth. Half the yep. time, it's just dirt. Yeah, so, whatever you can do. I think he carries it around in his bum bag, actually. <laughs> Just, just bread balls. It would not surprise me that dude. He's like, oh, I'm stuck in a creek somewhere. I'm gonna have a ball. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So he actually sent over a second one too. And he says, what kind of a fool or tool actually gets a bad boy club logo tattooed on their ass cheek? Uh, this fool. But that's only, the only reason he hasn't got one is he's because he's not bad enough. Oh, really? Yeah. You yeah, think he hasn't, he hasn't progressed to the bad boy club yet? I've told, I'm trying to. Trying to get him to do something wild, but you know he hasn't. He's failed the initiation process. <laughs> well, uh, and, and, and which side is yours actually on? Is it left or right? Mine's on the right. So you're you said mine. Mine's on the right. So that means you know people that have it on the left. No, I uh, no, I don't know anyone who's got it on the left. No, so no. you that means you know people that have it on the right. Yeah, I know people who got it on the right. Yeah. Is it just people with accents, or are they actually like? Um, like white boy Americans that have this as well. 
they're just fellow bad boys. Fellow bad, bad boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Riding ruts and nailing sluts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna. I don't, I kind of almost want to like ask for you to send me a picture, but at the same time, I don't want you to send me a picture. So. Yeah. It kind of scares me. Picture. It kind of ends up upside down. It's hard to take it the right way up. So. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's okay. Twitter, they allow you to post anything you want. So if at some point this evening or maybe, you know, coming up, you just decide to have too many adult beverages and you want to take a picture of your ass cheek and send it to me, just remember it's at ctime underscore co. All right, I'll get on that later on. Yeah, I bet you will. All right, cool. Well, uh, as we get ready here to switch over to our next guest, I just love I love to give everybody a chance to talk about where people out there can find um, the guest out there socially and all that stuff. So, what are your little social findings for people to be able to reach you? Uh, my Twitter is uh, UK underscore underscore seven, and my Facebook is just Jason Thomas. And uh, that's pretty much all I got. I don't have, don't have Instagram or anything like that. Um, got enough going on with the Twitter and the Facebook at times. It gets a little bit wild, so that's enough for me. And then uh, my website is uh, jasonthomasracing.com. And then uh, for all the school stuff, the dirt white stuff, that's shamewatts.com. And, uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much it, I think. Uh, obviously, all the stuff that we do for the for the racing, all the videos and the blogs and all that stuff is uh, Offer a Viking. And, uh, yeah, if you guys haven't already checked it out, then go there and uh, and check that stuff out. It's some good reading, or at least I've heard it's some good reading. Sometimes it's <laughs> not so good, though. But uh, if, if, if nothing else, it's... Uh, it's definitely entertaining, so uh, yeah, go check all that stuff out. Dig it, man. Well, I really appreciate that you came on again, um, and I look forward to uh, to kind of seeing what comes of your 2014. Um, I I know that it's or from what you've been saying, it sounds like you've got your head on straight about it. So if if a program doesn't come together that you don't think is going to you know create what you want and what you need, that you've still got some really good great things to fall back on. And what I really hope is that you get to do one of the Denton, Texas Dirtwise schools, okay? Because that's the one that I can make it to. So then, not only do we get to ride together, then we get to drink together. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good idea. Can you I don't know if you can drink as much as me. I'm from I'm from Wales, you know. Hey, hey, the best <laughs> thing about me is I'll try anything once. Well, that's what we like a trier. Oh, that's the most important thing. You don't, yeah, you don't have to be good at it as long as you try hard at it. Yeah, my wife will tell you the only thing that you have to watch out for is if I either A, start to high kick. Like, if all of a sudden I just start kicking my legs like I'm having a dance-a-thon, it's probably just cut me the hell off. Or two, if I start tit-slapping, I will randomly walk up to – like, and this is this – is, it's an unfortunate telltale sign. I will just start walking up to women and just slapping the top of their boobs – that, uh -huh. I mean, nobody likes that. So you know that's a time for I should probably go. Or if I'm just being extremely quiet. Like if I'm just like sitting, like not passed out, but if I'm just like sitting, you know that unfortunately I'm diabolically coming up with something stupid to do and that you should just cut me off before I do it. And by yeah. cut me off, it means punch me hard enough that I should just fall asleep. You better not do that titty slapping when I'm around. That sounds like a good way to get the party started to me. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute, Woody, we need to go to the strip club because now you got my brain going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sounds like a good time. <laughs> Indeed it does. See? See? 
That's the thing. You may not have fun drinking with me, but you'll have fun watching me try to drink with you. Exactly, yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. All right. Yep. Well, cool. We, As always, we really appreciate be- being on the show and sharing all your fun uh, tips, tricks, and uh, whore bits with us, I guess you could say. And, uh, and we need to learn about your version of quality control whenever you can tell us in the future. We know about Shane Watts' version of quality control. I need you. I need you to come up with your own version, okay? Yeah, I have a version. I have a little bunk in the back of my van. <laughs> so yours. <laughs> so yours is the same. If the if the, if she can fit in the bunk, it's good to go. No, his he had a box van. I'm talking about a cargo van. Oh. The, the, the quality the quality's a little better in my van. You think? <laughs> is yeah, that is that just because you're not Australian? No, it's just a smaller van. It just makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> the doors don't open as wide so you can't fit the bigger ones in right you have to go through the front doors and then climb through the between the seats <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you know yeah she's either gonna be really working for it or she's you know uh fit enough to fit yep exactly uh, dig it all right before we just totally go off the off the chain or uh as we typically do anyway uh i guess we'll cut it off but dude again thank you very much for your time and uh, good luck this weekend, all right? Thank you. I appreciate it. No worries, dude. All right. So as we say, peace to Jason Thomas. I, of course, want to say uh, thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Seat Time. Uh, they have been a huge supporter of Seat Time, and we really appreciate that from them. Um, so you can go check them out Excuse me, at flyracing.com is the URL. Um, and what you're going to be able to find there is all kinds of moto gear and things like that. Now, uh, this past weekend at the National Enduro in Oklahoma, I was wearing the Hydrogen Light gear. Um, it, it's the newer gear that they came out with in 2013. We did a lot of work with Andrew Short and a lot of work with Trey Kennard. Um, and through that, uh, they came up with this really awesome, extremely light, uh, movable gear. Um, it, it was kind of chilly whenever when the day started. That's why I didn't want to put my Kinetic Mesh gear on. Um, but going with that gear was a great choice because of the fact that it was so so comfortable um even when it was really really hot out there and the the kind of sun was up everything it still breathed really really well because fly does a great job putting in all the mesh panels on the side stuff like that so um definitely go check out the hydrogen light gear if you're an off-road guy like myself and always kind of looking for a way to have uh you know water while you're riding check out the hydration packs uh they have a a full-on uh partnership with liat which then has a partnership with useway Best hydration packs out there. Um, easiest way for you to get water, for it to work with all the different neck braces out there. It's specifically made to work with Liat, but um, it's going to work better with, uh, you know, Liat. So there you go. Uh, check it out if you would, flyracing.com. And uh, thank you, Fly Racing, for their support of Seat Time. So, yeah. So as you can hear, we're trying to call in our next guest. Uh, somebody that has not been on the show before. Uh, again, this is one of those things where Steven would typically know what part to turn down so that we don't get to hear the ringing. But we're not working with Steven right now. We're working with my wife. And so it's just, it's just, it's just off the chain here. So we're going to call in Mr. Tony Joyner. I believe that he's over there. In the, he's in the computer. The files are in the computer, Tam. Other button. Other button. Other button. This is just awesome. Woo! Okay, now you can switch to him. She has done it, folks. Okay, so Mr. Tony Joyner, how is your evening going, kind sir? It's going great so far. My computer just died like 
10 seconds ago and I just now got it up and running just in time. So. Fantastic. So are you on the most up-to-date Skype or do you do I just look all like a woman right now? Um, no, you look pretty good. I like the fullness of the beard. Yeah. You didn't say that to me in person this weekend. We could have had a bunch we could have had a much more uh, intricate goodbye if well, that was the case. Really talk to me. You were just kind of leaving me out with Matt, you know, handing him some stickers for his truck and I was just standing like a little kid right there like Hey, can I have one? But I was just like, was, I thought you might be too cool to give me one. I don't know. No, it was, I actually, what, what sucks is I literally was like in, I was digging, I don't know if you noticed, but I gave Matt the sticker and then I put my hand back in my pocket and realized I didn't have any left. So then I was like frantically searching the rest of my pockets and I was like, damn it, I'm out of stickers. So, and I thought it was better just to quote unquote play it cool opposed to be like, oh, sorry, dude, I ran out of stickers. <laughs> so apparently I should have apologized for running out of stickers. So, yeah. you know, whatever. So here is the way I want to start this because of the fact that Tony Joyner, you, your name in Texas, Oklahoma, kind of more in the Southern uh, region, y- your name is very well known. You're an extremely fast dirt bike racer. Obviously with the results you had this past weekend at the national enduro, you are a very fast dude on a motorcycle, but I, there are a lot of people in the off-road world outside of kind of our little bit local area that don't really know who you are. They don't have your backstory, things like that. So I wanted to learn a little bit more about you to be able to tell all these people. So kind of give us that backstory on, you know, where you're from, how you got into riding, and kind of how you've worked your way up to where you're at right now. Uh, I'm from Oklahoma City, born and raised, and uh, just my dad started me riding when I was five just to uh, have a riding buddy, you know, when he when – he, when I got older, you know, someone to ride with, and um, I don't know, probably 15 or so, I kind of started taking it a little serious and got faster. And I've always rode motocross too, but I've always raced cross country. I wasn't like a motocrosser, and then switched to cross country. So I kind of started out riding in the woods, and uh, just kind of went from there. And I actually have a buddy, uh, Matt Leach, and he took me to the. Um, I went and stayed with Randy Hawkins and all those guys on the East Coast, and I did a couple. GNCCs and a national enduro for them, uh, probably 2004 or five. So uh, had a little bit of success back then. You know, I think I was seventh overall at a national enduro back then. It was, but I was just really young and immature, and and I don't know, just kind of went from there. I made another run at the uh, GNCC series in 08 and uh, did pretty good in the Open A class. Got a win, and I was battling um, Chris Bach. Um, um, weekend, you know, for the weekends and, uh, had some good battles with him, but the contingency was so good to race a local race. I can make, you know, 800 bucks staying locally or I could go all the way out there and make four. Right. And, you know, and it was so much easier to stay here and, you know, make some more money. But obviously that didn't progress me anywhere besides around here. So that's basically where I'm at today, you know, still racing local stuff and, um, just got some support from Yamaha and yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like uh, it was kind of interesting to see you on that Yamaha this weekend because um, just I would say most recently you've kind of been known for being on Kawasaki's. Um, so, I mean, and, and this happens. We know that riders change bikes to kind of change support. It's just the way the programs that they that they ride for, things like that change and get and get different. Um, so that that Yamaha you were on, was that a 2014 450 or was that a 2014, 2013 or 2014? It was a 2014. Um, I just got it a few weeks ago, and I raced it the weekend before. And um, got Robert Rainer at Rainer Mods helped me set up the suspension real quick, and um, we went and raced it. Um, 
and it, it, I love it. It's a great bike. It's, I mean, I didn't really ride the 13s, um, so I couldn't really compare it to those. But right. Well, I think a big, a great comparison, though, is because you have been on Kawasaki's, which a lot of people say, you know, is, is the more normal motorcycle. It, it feels the most Japanese it, still, you know, the, the, the Suzuki's and the Kawasaki's. So, Coming from that Kawasaki, the the Kawi 450 to this new 2014 YZ 450, is there a comparison? Do they kind of uh, do they come over well? You know, how, how do they how do they compare? Do they, do, do they make all the right changes? I guess to that to the YZF. Oh man, dude, it's it's like a super light 450 to ride. Um, um, I was talking to Jason Reigns earlier, and he was um telling me he's like, man, congratulations, weekend. You must like the bike, and um, I I really do. It's you know, I was—I think I was only one on a 450. You know, in the top, I don't know, five, five or maybe ten. You know, on a 450. You know, because it's a pretty big bike for the enduros and some of the tighter sections. But man, it's a pretty nimble feeling bike, and I, I don't have any complaints about it so far. Right. Um. Any, any issues with the the gas tank? Like kind of like be like the the way you filled up. You know, having the little bit for the seat that you have to remove. Did you feel like you got caught on that in any time? Like kind of like shifting your weight or you know, not enough gas or any, any of that kind of stuff? No, it's, uh, luckily for Enduros, you get the resets. Right. Which, uh, you have plenty of time to gas it up. And, you know, it's just a smooth transition all the way up to the, there's there's nothing to catch on. So you can ride really forward on the bike or there's nothing really there to hang up on. So right. it's pretty smooth. Some of the cross countries, you're going to need to get a tank or a, they're going to have to figure something out. Um, I heard IMS was working on it, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be interesting when they kind of come up with that because, I mean, typically, sure, like when you saw the, the older models, the 2010s and up to the 2013s, it was just that that kind of that bulbous half extra gallon that kind of sat up. So I don't know if it's going to be something like that or if they have a way that they can go below since it kind of sits in the center of the bike, maybe go towards the shock or if it's going to get too hot. I don't know. I'm definitely not a scientist, so I don't want to have to do that kind of math. So it's okay with me. Whatever they come up with, I'm sure it's going to be better than the science I could try to create. Well, um, you you did awesome this past weekend. You kicked a lot of ass. You won't, you actually even won a test. Um, and there was guys, uh, a couple guys that I that I kind of regularly chat with on Facebook and stuff like that. And I saw a post when I got done with the race. They're like, "Holy shit, who the hell's Joiner?" Like, you know. And, and even afterwards, talking with you. You were disappointed with fourth, like you. So you knew that you should have done better. So it's uh, like, you know, I, I tell us about kind of like what your thoughts were going into this race. Since fourth, obviously, you were like, oh no, I should have had better. Uh, to be honest, you know, I'm a local guy, and I and I've I've got to ride out there some, and you know, so I I honestly didn't know what to expect going in. It's been a while since I raced the nationals. I know Charlie Mullins is, you know, the fastest of the fast off road right now. Um, you know, Bobbitt and Farringer and all those guys, you know, they're just big names, you know. And I didn't really know how fast they could go. And man, I was so nervous for the first test. I went to warm up that morning and, you know, run some figure eights in the parking lot and I and I crash in front of all these people and <laughs> I go back, I start freaking out. I'm like, I think my shock's blown out, you know, I don't know. And you know, I just, I was a head case pretty much the first test and I, I botched it. You know, I just, you know, I pumped up. I felt like I was riding an adventure bike over in Germany or something. I don't know <laughs> where I was at, what I was doing. And I, I think I got eighth in that test and I came back and my arms were just like so pumped up. And 
was like, crap, dude, I don't know what I'm doing out here, you know, and they're like, just relax, you know, my dad and my uncle were just telling me to relax, and I know what I would, you know, it'd get better as the day went on, and the second test, I felt like I rode really good, um, didn't really have any bobbles or anything, and, you know, I came through, and the transponder was down when I came through, and uh, they couldn't tell me, you know, if I was top five, and I was like, crap, so I cruised back to the pits, and my buddy Matt was telling me, he's like, I think you were seventh in that test. And I was like, so disappointed. I was like, crap, I can't ride top five. You know, I, yeah. I guess I can't, you know, and I just kind of was sitting there bummed out and, you know, they were cleaning my bike and getting me ready to go to the next, next test. And, you know, I kind of just regrouped. And I was like, man, if I can't do it in this next test, you know, I'm just going to have fun. You know, I, I, I didn't know what I was going to do. And I mean, I took off at that last test or the third test and, you know, I put it down and I, I felt like I rode really good and I came through and, you know, my dad and everyone were there. And I was like, if that's not top five, I can't do it. I was like, if that's not a top five pace, I, I won't run it all day. And I came back and I got second in that one. I was so excited. My confidence kind of went up at that moment. And, you know, I hurried up and I went and I was transferring to the next section. This is the first Enduro I rode, so I didn't really know how much time you had. And I was cruising through the transfer section and went to hit my rear brake and it goes like all the way down. Like, <laughs> And I like, I was like, crap, did I run over something? So I like look down, there's nothing there. And I get to the check-in of the test and I mean, Bobbit and all them are still there. So I have like 20 minutes and I'm in the middle of the woods and I look down and I have no rear brake pads. And I'm sitting there like for 20 minutes knowing I'm about to go into this test with no rear brake pads and my fluid was going to be low. And I, I talked to um, a couple guys and I mean, I was just sitting there bummed out, like not knowing what to do. And I finally said, well, it is what it is. And you know, there's nothing I can do yeah. about it. So I just got to go and ride. And I, I took off cruising on that test. And I was real cautious with my rear brake. It would work, you know, a couple times and then it would go away. And it'd work a couple times and it'd go away. And it was come out on the big grass track and it, the traction was so good. And, you know, luckily there was a little bit of berm. I could like stick my bike in and I didn't have to like step on my rear brake. And I kind of came through the finish check there and I kind of revved my bike up. My dad was standing there. He's like, what's the matter? And I was like, man, I don't have any rear brakes. And I didn't have them that whole test. You know, they went out that whole test. I ended up getting second in that test again. So I was like, holy crap, if I can ride, you know, without any rear brakes, you know, I, I, I can do better. So we put some rear brakes on, bled the brakes, and headed out for the fifth, fifth test. And I, dude, I just rode as hard as I could ride. I actually slid down in that test, which kind of kind of worried me. It was a real quick sl slide down. I didn't kill the bike or anything. And um, picked it back up and man, I rode really, really, really hard and came out in that test and, you know, I came out like, like a two second lead and I ended up winning it and I was so happy on that. And a couple guys were like, man, don't win this last test. Um, you know, if Mullins wins it, you know, you'll win a thousand bucks. So I was like, oh yeah, that's true. And he was like, well, never mind, dude, I got to go out and try to win yeah. everything. So then the sixth test, uh, you know, I actually had some confidence, you know, knowing that I could run that pace with those guys and, um, I took off and I came around a corner and there was two guys stalled on a veed out hill and they were just and I just had to sit there. It felt like I sat there for three minutes. Um, it was probably literally only like ten or fifteen seconds though. Right. And I got up and then I caught another guy, a local guy that knows me, and <laughs> we ended up getting together and I crashed and picked it back up and hung up behind him and you know and anyway I ended up third in that test too, but fourth overall for the day I was pumped I want to test kind of wanted to get on the podium though that was kind of my goal but it was definitely a long way from the eighth place finish in the first test so I was pretty excited I kind of turned it around a little bit yeah for sure uh 
Do you what did you think of the traction out there? I mean, I rode. I was on row twenty six uh, with Bobbit, uh, and, and it was awesome. I was on the Sherco three hundred, uh, kind of demoing the bike from Clay Stuckey, and uh, I had a blast. Bike rode awesome. Had so much fun. Um, <clears throat> I'd say in in the in the grass tracks for me, uh, it was a little sketchy because there, even though it was starting to kind of berm up a little bit, it was this that grass still because they just kind of mowed it. And it was all crossed over and stuff. Like, you could just slide like crazy if you wanted to. Uh, and I was so just dead tired by that point. I had I had energy for the first two tests. After that, I was done. But uh, I had a ton of fun. I thought the traction was fantastic. I thought the club did a great job. Uh, I, I was super stoked on that being. It seemed like it was a great way to finish off the National Enduro Series. So, I mean, you know, kind of coming from, you know, not having done too many Enduros and stuff like that. What were your kind of thoughts on the whole race? Uh, I mean, the track was perfect. I mean, literally, I mean, you couldn't, in most of the tests, there was literally no mud holes and no dust. I mean, it was, um, test five was just, you know, test two and test five just had like sandy berms you could just lay into. Luckily, I was on row 38, so when I got to the grass track, there was a little more grass pushed off, I guess, than you on 26, you said? Yeah. Yeah, 26. So, had a couple more guys. Some of the uh, more like softer sections got a little more breaking bumps maybe than when you went through. But other than that, I mean, you couldn't, for an enduro, you, I don't think you could have a better a better track. Yeah. Well, you, and you also did a little bit better overall than I did. Um, I, do you, uh, let, let's do this. Let's let's just go ahead. I wanna, I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to see overall, where did Brian Pierce finish? In the 70s, Brian Pierce, Brian. Oh, come on, Brian. <laughs> Find Pierce. Up, oh, 72nd overall. Woohoo! So top 100, first race, first first race since uh, since April after my shoulder surgery. Third time on a bike, and it was not mine. Um, but I thoroughly enjoyed riding that 300. Um, I definitely think that there is something magical about that middle CC uh, power. I got to ride the KTM 350 XEW or XEFW uh, at the demo days, and then the uh, Sherco 300, and then got the race the Sherco 300. I, I was in love. I really do want to find a way in the, my next bike kind of a thing. If I can feel like I can mechanically keep up a four stroke again, uh, that uh, I would go to that that kind of a power. That was that was so much fun to ride. So seventy second, right? Okay. So, what do you? What's your advice to me? <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, it, and it better be better. It better be better than don't suck. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Throttles on the right, maybe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dig it. Okay, so let's analyze this. Let's let's talk about how much I sucked at this race. So as again, I said I felt okay for the first two sections. So first section, I was forty seventh overall, top fifty, did pretty decent. And then uh, second test, fiftieth overall. I'm like, oh, cool, still top fifty. Third test. <laughs> Fitness is starting to come in, and you're starting to take a dive. <laughs> what? You ready for this? Ready for this? Third test, 91st overall. <laughs> that was, that's what I'm saying, dude. It's like, I mean, it was night and day. The like, So first test felt good. Okay, second test felt good. Got done with the second test. Literally, about a mile and a half into the third test, I just like mentally was like, I'm fe- I just felt off, felt wrong. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And uh, Patrick from Recluse, he was on my row. He was right behind me. Not fast enough to where he really wanted to pass me, but where I could hear him the whole time. And so I was just like, ah. it was just, I could feel it wearing on me. So I was like, ah, Patrick, go by. 
and I made so many damn mistakes. I stalled that bike like five or six times. I high-sided it because I got cross-rutted and just hit my head. And I was like, I'm such a baby. It sucked. And that's when I was like, okay, now I, I was like, I'm done. In the third test, I'm done. I was like, I'm tired. I was like, what the hell? This sucks, man. Halfway through the day, that's not a good attitude. Well, I mean, I still had fun. I kept going and stuff. So then, uh, fourth, I got 79th, then 77th, and 71st. So, I mean, you know, better-ish. Yeah. <laughs> better-ish. Yeah, I would have, I would have had to make some kind of excuse about it, you know. Oh, my, yeah. Test of the day, then, then you know, then my results started going worse. I would have been like, man, my tire pressure's low, or shocks, you know, the shock is blown out. I did have a <laughs> leaky fork still, so maybe that's... <laughs> hey, that's... That's true, I did actually. I got done and I was like, sorry Clay, I think I owe you some money. He's like, why would you break? I was like, well, both fork seals are blown and the front front brake rotor is covered in oil. He's like, ah. He's like, that just means a part went out. You don't owe me money for that. I was like, okay. I was like, let's <laughs> stop talking about it really quickly then. But you did really well though. You kept it pretty consistent. I mean, you, you like you said, your first two tests were kind of off. You were kind of riding bad. So you, then you were second. Um, and then you were third. Then it's when you first in the fifth test, and then no, still was, third in that last test. Oh, second, second, first, third. Yeah. You put me down as three when I got second. I, I need all the points I can get. That's true. That's true. I don't want to. I don't want to shortchange you. I don't want to no. shortchange you. <laughs> so the last test though, twelve miles long. That was serious, wasn't it? Yeah, that, and it had everything in it from from tight stuff to uh, um, wide open. You know, hilltops. I thought it was pretty, pretty fun. Grass tracks. Grass tracks on the, the uh, last test were really slick still because I guess not as many guys that went right. through them. All the sea guys were gone. Um, I guess you got to give a shout out to Charles Sims for putting a good layout on the track. I see your wife. Is that your wife? Yep. <laughs> yeah, she's a. I don't know if uh, if you were able to catch part of it before. So our friend Steven is typically our producer. He kind of comes in and. Uh, but but he had some family stuff that came up, so Tam was helping me out this weekend when we did the show Saturday evening, at, and I was like, well, I was like, well, because that's what I told you. I was like, oh, we're not going to be able to do the show, and then I was like, wait a minute. I was like, Tam, do you think that you could sit in again? And she's got a little bit more responsibilities now that we're here in this situation, but yeah, she's doing a great job. I tried to give her a microphone, but then I didn't want to give her too much responsibility and have to make fun of me the whole time as well, so, you know, it happens. So, so, Kudla, Ryan Kudla in the chat room is asking, is this stuff really wide open? So, as a pro racer, I am going to let you explain what these trails look like as wide open. Like, on, what, what were we talking about? Wide open trails? Yeah, like what we were, he was, we were talking about how we had, like, he, you and I were referring to the grass tracks and how they were really wide open this past weekend. So, kind of explain, you know, how awesome these grass tracks were and then maybe as well how tight some of the single track had also got yeah some of this uh the, the test 12 had both of them in there the single track was you know first gear um at least on my 450 and uh just you know handlebar tight stuff you know kind of had to weave through a couple sections and um, climb some real steep you know little hill climbs and you know real tight over little logs and then it opened up to you know i think i got like fourth or fifth gear you know going down a couple straightaways and sweeping grass tracks where it was just a big prairie type you know there was no trees around really and they kind of just had to stake and ribbon the whole thing off to, to mark your boundary so that would be the wide open part yeah i would say uh i don't know if you if you've been to the isde 
um, on any of the club teams or anything like that. But I would say that this that those grass tracks that they had were probably some of the closest to what I have seen at the ISDE um, at some of the local races. Like I was really surprised how well they were laid out, and they flowed awesome. They did a, such a fantastic job on those grass track sections. Yeah, I, the, yeah, the, the the grass tracks were really fun to ride. I'm I'm hoping I can get back out there and you know just do some some practicing you know now that the tracks all beat in and stuff yeah that the the track promoters you know did a really good job laying out the track i know the couple guys like i said charles sims worked on it and um a buddy of mine russ was out there working on it so uh they did a they did a good job laying out the grass tracks i was pleased yeah i really liked uh, the ravine sections the part where you kind of you kind of had to come up and down a lot not by this point i was dead tired and i mean like i was like oh my god this shit needs to end quick before i fall over because i knew i looked my, my whole thing was i cannot crash because if i crashed i would just lay there like i'll be like okay i'll pick up the bike in five minutes i need a break so i just it was all about momentum just keep the momentum and try not to make any mistakes and just stay upright and keep the speed going or speed you know the 60 percent that i was doing uh but yeah it was so much fun uh i did get to see lafferty so i kind of came down one of the ravines and you, you they had all the little right turns and if you just kept going straight you went the rest of the bit off the ravine like into this creek and lafferty just i don't i i, I heard him coming so i was like oh shit so i dropped in and i just pulled wide right on the edge of that other ravine bit and he just shoots straight past me he just comes down and just like misses the right hand turn and just shoots straight off the damn thing and barely catches the break and like is like right on the edge and I just left. I just went I was like right before I had to like actually be blamed for it or be involved with it, I was like Later That's <laughs> like, oh my god. But yeah, I was like it sounded like Brad Bakken had a situation like that where he kinda came off that second ravine and got into that creek and had to go down a bit and find his way back up. So it was it was some interesting terrain. Yeah, it's, it definitely had a little bit of everything, I think. So, so what's next for Tony Joyner? I don't know. There's a um, we have a little uh, GP race, Hollett um, GP race, the first and second down here, um, and I think that me and Jason Rains are actually going to ride the team race together on Saturday. Um, so that should be fun. Um, there's a just some local stuff. It's kind of the off season. Maybe hit the Riverfront Grand Prix in Arkansas. Um, I don't know. Maybe when when is that GP going to be? Um, November 1st and 2nd, I think. Okay. I ah, so that means you're not coming to Toro. Yeah, someone sent me a, a message to come to the first Toro. They said it was kind of close. and um, Yeah, it's uh, Endeavor in Bridgeport, Texas, man. Yeah, never been there. I've, I've raced a couple. It's been a while since I, I need to get back down to Texas and do some races with, with the local Texas guys. Like We usually have some good battles down there, so... Yeah, Cole Kirkpatrick's going to be back. Hayden Franklin's going to be racing. Uh, obviously, we've got the, t- the typical TCCRA crew with Caleb Ramsey and uh, Cameron Ishmael, Cody Beck, all those guys. So, you know, put that Yamaha up there. I don't think any of those guys ride Yamahas. No. No, I don't, I, yeah, I don't think they do. Um, yeah, it, it should be fun. I'd like to. I'd kind of like to get a tank to come down there, you know. But we'll see. Maybe. I'll no, be- you need to because they're going to be technical this year. The way I've heard it, um, I remember when I first started doing – I think it was like 2007, 2008 when I started, first started doing Toro, back when I won my overall B championship. What? what? Uh, you know, cause that's all I got really to on my name. Uh, 
But, um, yeah, that was when they were still technical. After that, they started getting a little bit more wide open, a little bit faster, and they've kind of been following that trend. We've had a couple technical tracks, but uh, Mark Coach has been really doing a lot of a lot, a lot of cool work, I think, uh, a lot of neat race promoting, trying to bring, bring, bring back a lot of bitchin' blue lines. Um, and so the, the, the track out there at Bridgeport is supposed to have some really bitchin' blue lines. Um, a little bit, little bit slower, more technical kind of racing opposed to, you know, wide open, super fast stuff. So, yeah. which, which I think you'd be good at since you did so well at this Enduro. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, sometimes I don't like the tight stuff as much, but I also, some of the Texas tracks, I didn't, you know, some of like the real dry slick, you know, no berm turns. I mean, those would kill me way back in the day when I was racing with Clay Hohenshell and yeah oh gosh play well, yeah like two miles away and be like where's the track at and he's like look for the dust cloud you know <laughs> yeah look for the bike that is uh that's just pinballing through the air and the dust cloud to follow yeah well uh before i wanted to talk to you did you get a chance to watch or think about any of the monster energy cup that happened this past weekend no i did watch that saturday night i couldn't go to sleep that was an awesome race all right well then before we start talking about that i of course want to say thank you very much to some more uh sponsors of seat time people that are very gracious to support what we do and i think that we should be just as gracious to try to give them some support from all the riders out there in the industry so of course we have power sport graphics so power sport graphics for those of you who don't know you can find it ridepg.com is the website the url however you want to think about it um, and we do have our fun little discount code seat time very unconfusing easy to remember it's easy and even to, it's easy to type you can have two cups of vodka and still remember how to type seat time. It's a fantastic thing. Um, so what that's going to be able to do is going to save you a little bit of money on some fantastic uh, graphics for your bikes. Maybe you're just looking for some numbers, things like that. Something to just spruce up the old beast. Or maybe you just bought a new 2014 and you're ready to get rid of the, the way that the KTM, the, the stock KTMs came or the stock Yamahas, whatever it is. You want to spruce it up a little bit. This is a way to do that. It's even more fun is you can get seat time graphics on there as well. They do have a seat time kit. If you would be so gracious, you could get that. Um, again, use the uh, discount code seat time. Save yourself some money. Uh, obviously, very much appreciate their support of seat time. So please go support them. RidePG.com. Passport graphics. Holler. And I think it's actually still time you can order your graphics for Iron Man. They're doing Breast Cancer Awareness Month right now. And uh, so if you want to support... Uh, breast cancer awareness and have pink graphics they have a, an awesome deal running right now on their website so you can go check that out if you're heading to the gc this weekend or gncc i don't do letters well it's whatever it's called speaking all right so monster energy cup was that not some bitching racing holy shit uh i think a good friend of mine uh zach put it best that that Monster Energy Cup racing in one night was better than an entire season of Supercross in 2013. Yeah, full of excitement. Not, the gate's not dropping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right off the bat. And Ricky Carmichael like, ah, that thing's dropped a thousand times during the day, and now when the lights go out and it's live TV, it doesn't drop. So. Yeah, it's like, oh, now you're just making excuses for shit that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was awesome, too, because it's like, uh, we went out to dinner. So we, in Oklahoma city is where my sister and her husband live. So we were staying with them. We went out to dinner. Uh, and I'm asking the people, it's like, Hey, can you put, put the monster energy cup on? They're like, uh, trying to search around, trying to search around. And I'm on my phone, like with their, they're being super generous. Like they're turning off all the Texas, Oklahoma games or whatever, trying to find this race. And of course it's on Fox sports two, the one channel that it sounds like 10% of the population actually had. 
Uh, that was just ridiculous. I don't know what the hell's going on with this shit, but that just sucked. Like, I get it to like make more money so that other people can watch it, but if the people that actually really are involved in the sport can't watch the racing that's going on, I mean that just sucks. So, did, so you didn't get to watch it? No, I had to watch it. Like, I had to go find pirated uh, YouTube videos of it to be able to watch all the mains, like See, on Monday. Maybe if you were cool with me before that, you could just came over to my house and watched it. See, see, me, me and little Crouchy just chilled on the couch and just and watched it up. See, he didn't invite me at all. That little son of a bitch. He's like, I'm gonna go ice my knee and go to bed. <laughs> it, it's so, oh, it's so painful. Whatever, that jerk. Yeah, I bought him a pizza and he stuck some ice on his little knee and we watched <laughs> the race. And I should bet him because he, I bet that no one win all three mains and that. Stewart would win the whole thing in the overall, and no one believed me. I just didn't bet him. I, I kind of, I guess, I was too scared to bet. I don't know. Yeah, well, and, and I think uh, so. Listening to the Pulp MX show um, at work today, while I was kind of just working on some uh, website updates and stuff like that, it was interesting that Stewart kind of mentioned, uh, you know, it, when was the last time somebody won an overall with having an, like an eight one one? You know, yeah. the way that they with the three mains and ten minute mains and stuff like that. It, there's the overall it, like that would be almost seem you know unheard of for somebody to have like an eight one you know going to like motocross with just the two mains um so it's kind of interesting it, it, it's neat to have so much different i wouldn't say rules but just different layouts from the typical supercross that we're used to i don't know if i'd want everything to be like this but i do kind of like the idea of maybe changing up a couple supercross rounds just so it's less monotonous because the tracks yeah. have just seem so equal and stuff i don't know what do you yeah think? yeah you don't have a 20 lap main where someone you know you know pulls a 10 second lead on someone and the racing was close all night you know no one ever really got that far out front and you know like he said you know he can get a whole shot in his heat race and win and you know he gets a bad start in the main his night's over and uh you know there he got a bad start the first moto and came back and won the overall so yeah it was really exciting i mean yeah I, at first, I wasn't going to stay up and watch the whole thing. You know, I was going to try to go to bed, you know, because you had to get up early for those Enduros. So, but I just, there's no way I could go to sleep. So, it was really, really exciting. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'd have been right there with you. They would have probably tried to, my wife would have been like, we have to go put our 14-month-old son to bed. And I'd have been like at the bar like, we have to watch Monster Energy Cup. But they didn't have it because they didn't have Fox Sports 2. Yeah, well, next time you know, Suckers. maybe... Maybe I'm maybe I'm in the click now with the Texas crew that you can you can look me up and we can watch some TV at my house. Yes, the cable. Well, I think what's going to have to happen is next time that we have uh, beer Olympics, you're going to have to come down because what we did last year is we had beer Olympics at my house. It was a seat time sponsored beer Olympics. It was fantastic. We had three different uh, events that were beer drinking events. Just oh, so much fun. And then uh, at the same time, we got to watch the Supercross finale going on. So. I'm an athlete, so I, I'm pretty sure that none of y'all Texas guys can outdrink me. I've had a couple drinking competitions, and I'm kind of a pro at that too. Got a nice. If if you will, if you will, he's like, man, I can drink the shit out of that 3.2 percent beer. <laughs> yeah, but look at this. See, this is a little <laughs> what I like to call. Can you see that moonshine? Yeah, yeah. but that's that's fake moonshine. Uh, it tastes like unleaded though, so it's yeah. <laughs> It's real to me. <laughs> yeah, they make you think it's real because it still tastes like shit. <laughs> we, we did a so Ryan Kudla was asking about what do you think happened with Villapoto when he missed the Joker lane? Um, 
I again, I have to go back to the fact that I listened to the Pulp Mech show this morning, or you know, all day today, and they talked a lot about that. And it is absolutely asinine that Ryan Villapoto wins, you know, Moto One because Ryan Dungey misses the Joker lane, right? I mean, and and so then Ryan Villapoto goes and he misses the damn Joker lane, and then crashes, of course. But it's like. You know, I mean, if he'd have taken the Joker lane, he wouldn't have had the crash. Would he have caught Stewart in the end? Maybe, maybe not. But it's like, how did how does he do that? I mean, you're you're a fast ass racer. If you've got to do that one, I mean, that's part of the race. Is that not something you think about? Man, unless he just kind of forgot the, you know, maybe he didn't see the white flag. I don't know. Um, just kind of he, ha- he. I know, like in the first moto when Dungey was a little ways back, he didn't see Villapoto like make that tight turn and go in there. But after he passed him, he had to kind of know, I thought, before Villapoto said something to him, you know, like what happened. It should have dawned on him. But, you know, he watched Stewart duck in there, and he raced. I almost thought, like, as soon as – because he was kind of, like, maybe trying to set him up for a pass right there, and, and Stewart ducked in, and he missed it. Maybe I thought he would, like, try to turn around and go back in there. I don't know what. But I can't believe that after he seen that, I mean, he had to know. He's like, oh, crap, I did the same thing Dungey did. So I don't know why, if his brain was not there, you know, why he'd come out and try to quad it out of that corner. I don't know. That's kind of what Stuart was saying, that maybe he was just, you know, like, crap, I just missed the Joker lane. I wasn't completely focused on getting over that quad. I don't know. Yeah. It's really, it's interesting. Uh, so Jimmy Albertson had a lot of good stuff to say about that because he was like, Villapoto had the distance. I mean, sure, he cased it a little, but he's like, he's like we could have, we were watching people kind of case that, you know, kind of case tables like that all the time in supercross and they come out fine he's like what was weird was the fact that he was kind of like leaning off to the left and the way his foot blew off and so it's like maybe there was a mental mistake there and he kind of just wasn't as set up for it and so it was more of the fact that his foot blowing off the peg and him kind of leaning to the left was something that was what caused more of the wreck than 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 missing the quad you know off the table or off all the way over the table but it's just weird, and it sucks that it had to happen because Villapoto, he was booking it, he was moving, he was kicking ass. Same thing with Dungey. Dungey was doing awesome. I mean, it would have been so great for Dungey, you know, and KTM, you know, being an orange bleeder and all that kinds of stuff, to come away with to come away with that that first win, uh, legitimately, I guess you should say. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm. A, I've always kind of been a Stewart fan, so I was. I was. I was happy to see him maybe get a little confidence. Make the Supercross a little more interesting this year if he can hold it together. I don't know though. Yeah, if that's if that's any kind of precursor to what's coming for 2014, mm, yeah, shit's gonna be awesome. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I, I'm a fan. I mean, Rick Carmo said a long time ago, a boring race is only good for one person. So uh, that's true. The guy that wins, jerks. Yeah, person okay. getting the money. Person getting the money. Well, cool, Mr. Joyner. I really appreciate you joining us on this fine Tuesday evening here in Texas. Wait a minute. What is this? Oh, do you think that he can recover and be 100% at Anaheim? Oh, yeah. I think he's good. Yeah. I mean, he was knocked out. You could. He was laying there. He was... But, yeah, I mean, he got... He just... He was awake. He just wasn't with it. You know, hopefully... Hopefully nothing's hurt. And as long as nothing broke, then he's... He's good to go, right? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure the guys at Kawasaki, as soon as he stood up and walked to the Asterix Medical Rhino, it was uh, they were pretty pumped about that. So. Yeah, I would agree. So, as I'd love to give everybody a chance uh, to, you know, it's the internet, social. 
media, all that kinds of fun stuff to give a chance to tell people where they can find them. Do you have a website or any kind of that fun stuff? Are you on Facebook? Do you have Twitter? You know, do you have yeah. a do you have a porn name that we can go search fun videos of you about or anything? The kids at Robbie's make fun of me because I don't have a Twitter and they say I'm old. Facebook is so old and um, so I don't have a MySpace anymore. I never had one of those, but I have a Facebook. You can reach me, Tony Joiner at Facebook. That's that's it. Yeah, I'm too poor to keep up a website. <laughs> hey, that's understandable. Um, for those of you that uh, do listen to the show all the time, you can go back and listen to some of our old shows. And there are some discount codes on there for in case of the fact that you are looking to have a website really cheap. Uh, Squarespace.com is a great way to do it. Um, of course, you can use the seat time discount codes that we have on there. I think one of the last ones we had was seat time six. Save yourself a little bit of money that way in case you're one of the people, maybe like Mr. Tony Joyner, who, you know, it, it is a little bit more expensive and stuff like that. But with something like Squarespace, they kind of do it all for you. So it's really easy to go in there and make all your updates and stuff like that. So there's always that opportunity. But uh, so if you want to find Mr. Tony Joyner, go do it on Facebook. Hopefully we get to see him out at a couple more races this year. Um, get a chance to get him on seat time a little bit more often. Uh, I know him. Uh, I've heard more about him. And I think in the future we can get him to loosen up a little bit more. Let his hair down, if you will. And uh, maybe just come on pantless see what happens. Yeah, you'll have a whole different view of me if I ever come to one of your little beer fest. Yes! That's okay. Everybody everybody thinks that I'm like this like tight, you know, kept, put together, super quiet person. It's never true. Never true. <laughs> Never going to happen. It's such a lie. Such a lie. Well, dude, really appreciate you being on the show, and we're going to do it again soon, right? Correct. I hope. All right. Well, you have fun, and if you're anywhere near that young lady that you had with you this weekend... She's a looker, huh? <laughs> you just you tell her I said hi. All right. Just that's It's not going to do any good, but you just do it anyway. <laughs> All right. Thanks for the, You owe me a sticker next time. Just one? Yeah, I can't have too many. Yeah, it's true. Then you just look like a fanboy. If you're down to like one sticker anyway, you know, ration them out. You have two kids there, and you only give one of them a sticker. Yeah, I'll just take one. All right, good. As long as we've got that sorted, then I'm okay with it. <laughs> all right, dude, take it easy. We're going to wrap this up and give out all of our stuff. But you have a good night, and I really appreciate you being on the show. We do really appreciate it, man. Oh, thank you. Later, dude. All right. All right. So this has been Seat Time. We do have to say thank you very much to another one of our fun supporters out there, Stillwell Performance. Um, you know, We've been talking with Alan Stillwell about a lot of the suspension work that he has been doing in the off-road world. And, of course, talking with Cody Webb and Max Gersten, some of uh, his supported riders uh, on the beta team. So Stillwell Performance is uh, doing great things in the off-road world with suspension, especially when it comes to 2014 uh, and, and beyond. What they've done is they are now the leaders in KTM suspension, especially when it comes to the 4CS front forks. Um, and, and they do way more beyond that, but this is something that they were talking to me about that I was trying to get more information. They've really taken their time and really made sure that they are the leading, that they will be the leaders when it comes to uh, the 4CS suspension and making sure that they can do everything that you need and make your experience as personal as possible and make sure that you, the rider that they're talking to, not... A whole plethora of different people get the best suspension for them. So you can go to stillwellperformance.com. You can fill out their rider survey, all that kinds of fun stuff. They're going to get, a, then you'll do an interview with Alan Stillwell online, uh, then on person. 
You're going to send it. They'll send you a personally made box for your suspension. You'll send it to them. They'll do all that in about a week, and it comes back to you, and it's completely personalized for you. Uh, again, the 2014 4CS stuff has just been done for uh, a Dirt Rider article that's going to be coming out soon. They were racing uh, that Dirt Rider at the Denver, the Denver Enduro Cross. Dude did awesome, had a ton of fun. Uh, and it looked really cool. I am actually going to get my suspension done by them. Um, and this was something that I decided to do before any of this kind of sponsorship stuff went on. Um, and, and I have my box on the way. I'm going to be shipping my suspension off to them. And so that way I'll have a great uh, standpoint to go off of. I'm going to be able to tell you guys exactly what I think about um, the whole process. Um, it's going to be very interesting. But uh, up until then, I hope that you guys will go check them out. Stillwellperformance.com. Find out more about them and all the products and all the services that they offer and uh, maybe possibly take advantage of those services. Uh, again, this is Seat Time. So SeatTime.co uh, is the website where you can find all the archive shows. Um, if you just would like to listen to the audio, you can find us on Stitcher and iTunes. Uh, just search for Seat Time. And then, of course, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash seat time. We're on Twitter. It's twitter.com slash seat time underscore CEO. We're on Instagram, and it's just regular old seat time there. And, of course, uh, YouTube as well, where we just kind of host all of our archive shows, things like that. Seat time CEO is the username if you want to find us there. Uh, That's it. Uh, What? He said he's going to go. Oh, come on, Mark. Whatever. Get out of here with your BS. He said he doesn't like you. So... Thank you very much for paying attention to episode 104. Thank you to my lovely wife for sitting here for an hour and a half and making sure that she takes care of all of you guys. She's doing this more for you than she is for me, and you know that. So anybody out there who wants to go ahead and donate some money, you can go to our Big Cartel site and purchase one of our new shirts. You can go to the little donate button that's down there and donate a little bit of money to seat time to help us uh, pay some of the hosting bills and all that fun stuff and uh, just keep it going. So thanks. Always enjoy a pint full of awesome. We'll see you next Tuesday after the GNCC wraps up. We're going to have some kick-ass shit to talk about. All right, guys, take it easy. We'll talk to you then.